T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You know, I I think it's a good phrase. I think Joe uh, is is uh, cognizant of it, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's there's more than a handful of pitchers within our industry that it is set aside at the beginning of every season. This is something I'd like to take down. I'd like to knock down. I think uh, they're not out of reach. Two hundred innings, not out of reach. 30 starts, 30-plus starts is not a reach. It just speaks to health as much as everything, and that's the challenge at the front of everybody's uh, journey at the beginning of the season. Um, and I know Joe was very specific in his training and is even working through a surgery to be able to bounce back and put himself in, in good shape, finish in form to do what he has done. They have been right along those lines. I just always tell them how good it is to see his face in the clubhouse. And, and I give him a hug. And How are you doing? Where are you? What's going on? Um, what's getting better? And he continues to stay optimistic. He continues to stay in a positive mindset. Um, he's looking forward to working himself through the, the back end of this, this rehab. Um, and then to get to the physical part of the rehab again. So there should be opportunities for me to bump into him from time to time this winter, personally. Um, I think all said, he is in a very confident place as far as pushing through this and getting back on the field and being a good player. Clay, um, yesterday you said you were still waiting on updates on Bell, Diaz, Tucker, Marte. Have you gotten any? Todd Thompson is going to release all that to you today. So, I don't want to take Todd's thunder. <laughs> it's Thompson Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I can't go there. Todd does love the spotlight. He's having stolen from <laughs> He's getting it. Clint, when uh, you broke camp this spring, did you have any idea that Brian Reynolds could be this good? I don't think I had on the radar that Brian Reynolds would be hitting 314 on September 25th. No. Uh, my mindset from what I'd heard from our scouts, um, what I'd seen uh, the previous spring, the video I watched on the follow-up season for 2018, I thought we had a good young player that was going to be a major league outfielder that could play all three positions, and it'd be interesting to watch how he developed. 
Um, so I didn't have any expectations. Um, I have just thoroughly enjoyed the ride, though. Thoroughly enjoyed the ride. Yeah, one follow-up on that. Being uh, from you know different market, um, I don't see him much. And a lot of young players like that who start off well, have a good first half. Pitchers adjust to him. The second half isn't as good. You know, why and how has he been able to not have that drop off? The first, the first thing that I'll give you that from my perspective, in my perspective only, he's a really good hitter. He's at 300 every level he's been at. He expects to have good at bats, and he's put himself in a position with the body movements, with the hand-eye, with the strike zone discipline, uh, to not have a drop-off. Uh, I mentioned very early on what I saw about him. One of the things most impressive is that he's not afraid to hit with two strikes at all. There was no fear of hitting two strikes. A lot of times you'll you'll run into hitters, not just young hitters, but some hitters at certain points in time where. They, they don't want to bother with that two-strike battle. They're looking for early contact. So they're chasing hits maybe at times. I don't think he's ever fallen into this where he's chasing a hit. Um, what he is experiencing now, which he can only experience here, is September baseball, the extra month of the season. So I think there's been a little backdraft now just playing in September. He's never done it before. Uh, and he's learning more about himself now and then also how to prepare next winter for the extended month of season. And as we all anticipate every year that I've ever played, you're thinking about playing for 15 more games after that or, or whatever it is. So the learning continues to go. But the discipline in the box and the aggressiveness within the strike zone has probably kept him where he's been at for most of the season, hitting over 300 from my perspective. He's played the, most of the corner positions. Uh, could he be a, a long-term center fielder? I mean, could he play that every day at some point? I don't think there's any doubt he could play center field every day. Not in my mind, from what I've seen. I mean, he played more center field than any other position before he came here. Mm -hmm. We actually moved him to, to the corners more so because he was a natural center fielder. And he'll tell you right now, he's really enjoying playing center field just because it's the, the one position you get the best read yeah. of, of all three outfield positions. How crucial do you think Newman's been for Reynolds, just as far as helping him and now going into this offseason? Because we've seen the improvements Newman made. Do you think, you know, they, they got lockers beside each other? Do you think he's constantly in his ear kind of helping him along in that regard? <coughs> Newman's constantly in his... Yeah, I don't know if Reynolds is talking back, but yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've been good for one another. Uh, I, I think it's it's been a healthy um, arrangement. I don't think any, either one of them is overbearing by any means. But I think their conversations are probably healthy and probably productive because neither, I think both of them just talk when they want to, which is not when they feel they have to. Um, and the nice thing about both of them is when you talk to them, neither one of them is like waiting for you to shut up so they can talk. You, know, you run into a lot of people like that in your life that sometimes they're not even listening to you. They're just waiting for you to finish so they can show you how smart they are and they get the next answer. You sit and talk to these kids. They're very respectful. Uh, they have good listening traits, and uh, I think they process information really well. I imagine their conversations are pretty short. They're probably a very good stereotype for a lot of people's conversation, how it could be. You know, you, you talk when you need what when you say what you have to say, and that's pretty much it. I think they're very animated. 
I think they could have hung out with Marcus Aurelius back in the Aurelius back in the day. They're both Stoics for me. I mean, Newman's more a little more animated, but uh, but Brian is definitely in my my viewpoint a Stoic. <laughs> What, what types of conversations do you have with Abrazal leading into his last start of the season? Um, I think the interesting thing about about Dario is even through the exit interviews, we talk about the distance covered. We talk about the journey he's been on. We talk about the focus, uh, the resiliency he's shown, um, the bounce backs that he's been able to show throughout his career. This is just another opportunity to, to plow new ground, to learn. Um, and I don't think it could be any better of a back-to-back series for, for Marvell and for Agrizal to be able to watch two guys pitch that we've watched pitch. You watch Davies pitch, and you watch Hendricks pitch. Those guys, what do you think the conversations were about those guys five years ago? There are probably people saying, hey, maybe they can pitch in the big leagues, and there are probably guys saying, oh, there's, there's just not enough there. Well, turned out to be plenty there. Um, it's not all about the gun. It's not all about spin rates. It's not all all about that for everybody. Those two guys have done some pretty fantastic things in the game of baseball, pitching-wise, through the art of pitching. Our guys have skills. They're also learning, but I think it was really cool that they got to watch two guys that are probably more prototypical of the way they pitch than, than some of the other people that you, you watch get out there and let it rip. So... He's looking forward to, to putting the you know the finishing touches on a on a very. I think for him it's been a good season. It's been a, a great season to, to learn as well, to experience a lot of different things. So he's going to face a pretty good lineup again tonight. Did you do the exit interviews with the starters before their last outing. We're trying to have we had before matches we had Darrells before him. Um, the ones that I probably won't have before, Musgrove is pitching tomorrow. Uh, Trevor's will be before. There may only be one guy that will have it actually after his last start. So most of them have been before. Not on the day of. That's just <laughs> taboo. Yeah. You're going into next season with, you lost your closer at the end of this year. And then you lost Jameson Tyone, who was at the front of your rotation earlier this year. Which is the more daunting rebuild or reboot or reconstruct going into 2020, that rotation or the bullpen? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Felipe was arguably one of the best closers in the game. Uh, Tyone for all arguments, could have been our ace. Uh, now, within the industry, where does our ace match up with the other 29 aces? Where does our closer match up with the other 29 closers? That's one way to look at it. Um, there's so much value on both to have that front-line guy that you know that's going to go out and pitch you innings and keep you in ball games. And there's that guy that puts games away that you got the lead and you want to be put away. Uh, especially for a young staff, they're looking, you know, for marks, positive marks. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to sit and think. I'd have to give that some more thought. So I got to, I got to thinking about that after when we talked yesterday about September performances. It seems to me that I mean, you know, given the circumstances, Kellen's performance, if you know, he would rank as one of those guys who 
improved the stature significantly going to next year? I think the fact that we've got a guy in-house that's done it at a very high level of efficiency already uh, probably softens that, that absence or that void. Definitely. I mean, Keone, the touches he's had since he's been back, uh, outside of the time uh, when they had a child, I mean, it's been, it's been really good stuff. Uh, the downhill angle, the fastball, the ability to spin that curveball, and he's throwing a changeup uh, that he's mixed in. Yeah, we, we have a man in-house that could definitely, I mean, that, that would be a guy that, you know, everything plays out in the winter and he shows up next spring pitching at the back end. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.